0: Uh, you know it? Love from San Francisco. It's the Hard luck show. Ow! Love from San Francisco with hard luck. Face face with hard luck. Face with hard
1: luck. Hard shots, steep smirly with hard luck. Keeps the card shots steep smirly with hard luck. Love from San Francisco with hard luck. Face face with hard luck.
2: Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Welcome to the show. It's a beautiful afternoon. I'd like to welcome my co host on my left.
0: Is Chumahan Bowen, American Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, here to educate you all again? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I love that shit. And on my right, old blue-eyes Sean Lewis,
3: certified audio professional engineer with a hard look. Shh. Ch- Shh. Ch- Shh. Ch- Shh shoot,
2: shoot, 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 show yeah 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 damn yeah damn yeah yeah what man yeah these guys today bro you guys are on on fire yeah. Monsters treating you guys good today, huh? Yeah. Damn. Woo-wee. Yeah. What's up? Rampart What's Part up? 2 Rample. and the place to be. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 808? 808? Yeah, yeah, Rampart.
0: That's the Rampart theme, the rampart. Theme? Is
2: that the Rampart Jiggy? Yeah, you know who did this one, right, Steve? Perez. Nah,
0: Nah, wait. Let it kick in a little bit. You ever heard of a dude named DJ Muggs?
2: Yeah. 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 The GOAT. Shout out to DJ Muggs. Yeah, greatest of all time. Shout out to Soul Assassin's Music. Right. The official Rampart sponsor. Yeah. Boom. Hey, I want to give a couple shout outs. My boy Estevan Oreo. Yeah. At estevonor.com. And uh, hey, give a shout out to Big Lep today.
0: Big Lep. Big Lep.
2: Big Lep was on Lep. Rampart One. Yes, he was. We are, you know what we should, what we should do here before we get before we continue to dive into this very deep and dark and ongoing. Case and situation with Rampart scandal. I think it'd it'd be uh, smart for us to kind of pull everybody up to speed. I know, yeah, like a recap, kind of, you know. Please join me, Chumahan, in in helping me to let's kind of roughly go over what we've covered or bring people up to speed with Rampart. I've been dying to do this show and get the second part.
0: Right Uh Okay, so we did the preview. We did Rampart Part 1. Yes. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, I know uh, we've got lots of followers who have told us they haven't missed a show. Mm-hmm. So when I bring yes. you kind of like back up to speed, you'll know that in Rampart 1, they should have called it Runaway 1 mm-hmm. because Lepke was on 1.
2: Yeah. And now
0: yeah. you're asking me to summarize what Lepke said? Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know it'd be easier. It'd be easier to push water uphill.
2: Yeah.
1: Man, you know you're smoking like a broke stove.
2: Like a broke stove. <laughs> Tell you something, so, guys. This whole Okay. Well, LAPD crash unit. Right. Is a gang task force. Right. Based out of LA. Right. It's an eight square mile. Right. Okay. Division of the LAPD who has a crash unit. This was a corrupt crash unit. It was okay.
0: an elite unit developed to fight gangs. Correct. Right.
2: And um, we went into you know they had been cor- a corrupt crew of officers for quite a while.
0: Right. Everything they might have just from- even started out corrupt. From what exactly. I've read, yeah. From yeah. what yeah. I've read, LAPD Chief Bernard Parks was mm-hmm. already corrupt. All right. So it's like kind of like what you I- had to be corrupt to get in it. Yeah, you know what? That's absolutely true. Right. And that's not just, and I'm not like, look, okay. So that, you laid out the area, right? And you laid out what the unit was. And then if I recall from the episode, you talked about, we all talked about, first of all, Lepke gave like two stories about being chokeholded and blacked out Yep. and waking up and he mm-hmm. swears his pants weren't down. When he and now
2: up. we're talking about this is all kind of going on in the late 80s and the early 90s. Right. So, yeah.
0: That's the cops right there.
2: Yep. Yep. got, you know, Lepke had dealt with um, a Rampart crash unit directly. He choked them out a couple of times. Right.
0: right. Right. Choked him out. And then you talked about Blackbird, who, who got, who had, Evidence planted on him, which is what the Rampart Division did.
2: Blackbird from Temple Street. The right. Temple Street neighborhood was, it ran straight through. I mean, the Rampart Station was across the street in their neighborhood. Right. So they were really getting the bare brunt of it.
0: Right. And so you said Blackbird
2: eventually got that thing overturned. Got a gun and cocaine. Um, yeah, he, he, that evidence was, you know... Planted. Planted on him. Right. And uh, eventually he served, I think it was six, five or six years on an eight-year sentence. And uh, he got out. Right. And got a settlement of almost a million dollars.
0: Right. And which he didn't invest uh, smartly. Wisely. Wisely. And as a result, eventually has nothing to show for right?
2: Uh, I, I don't know where he's at. Hey, Blackbird, if you're out there listening, I love you, man. Come on home. Right. Um... Yeah, so, and, you know, like I said, Lepke talked about some personal experiences with him. I tell you, man, now, just so that we're clear, the way that this thing starts to unhatch is behind one of these officers from Rampart, that's off-duty, rolling down the street, and an undercover officer, LAPD officer, from a different division. Right. Liga. 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 They bump heads. Right. Kevin Gaines and Liga. Kevin Gaines and Officer Liga.
0: And Kevin Gaines, by the way, just so people know, he had a history of weird road rage incidents before getting
2: in in with Liga, right? Flashing his gun, flashing his badge. Right,
0: mm -hmm. right, exactly. Let's see if I can pull... I'm going to pull one of these incidents up. So he had at least four other off-duty roadway incidents, Kevin Gaines. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And... He had threatened motorists with violence. One of the drivers was a retired LAPD detective. The guy's name was Sig Shine, whatever.
2: Bro, he had a real uh, thing for bumping into other cops, huh? Right.
0: And what he would do is cut people off, right? Kevin Gaines would cut people off, and then they would get into weird fights and flip each other off. And then all of a sudden, Gaines would like show his badge and a gun and then freak out the other motorists, and then they would just take off. And then those had been, those had been reported. For instance, this, uh, this officer that Gaines gotten involved with, um, Gaines braked, they pulled over to the side. Mm -hmm. Gaines jumped out of his SUV and shout and shouted, Hey motherfucker, you going around giving people the finger. I ought to cap you. I ought to blow your motherfucking head off. And then, right. The ex, the cop that was off duty, uh, Sig shine said only if you're a faster shot than me. And showed him the badge. And he said, Kevin Gaines jumped in his car and took off. So that's the kind of shit he was doing
2: before he butted heads with Liga. Let me tell you something. Think about that. And it isn't that this guy has a knack for bumping into cops. That's not it at all. Because if we only have four incidents reported, this guy probably was doing that shit hundreds of times. And it's just a matter of, of course, there were gonna be some LAPD officers involved in it. Right. Because he was fucking probably, he probably pulled that shit off a thousand times.
0: Well, so I'll tell you right now, this is all bubbled up again. Mm -hmm. And right now, there are some reports that LIGO was actually racist and that there are some reports that they're trying to push now. Uh, For instance, um, let's put it, he was, so Liga, who kills Gaines, Uh right? And then Gaines' guys uh, try to go around and cover up the evidence and try to, and whatever. So this is kind of like a racial issue at that time. And this is how Rampart slowly starts to get opened up. Mm -hmm. All right. And Liga, uh, the only guy that believed Liga was a detective named Russell Poole. Now, Russell Poole is the guy. If you watched Unsolved on Netflix or you watched any of those documentaries, Russell Poole was the LAPD homicide detective that was assigned to this weird shooting that at the time they didn't even know was between cops. Mm-hmm. Right? And as he uncovers it, he keeps like 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 a pit bull. Like a pit bull. He has a bite on on some kind of conspiracy. And as he keeps nibbling, the LAPD brass, Charlie Parks and everyone keeps pushing him, Bernard Parks, keeps pushing him and trying to get him to get off of investigating the higher conspiracy in the LAPD, which is all these crooked cops planning evidence Mm -hmm. and working with death row and doing all this shit. Mm -hmm. That's what they're trying to keep him off of. And he's like this, like, you know, detective... Russell Poole is kind of like naive and he's also tenacious and he's also, he just wants to get to the truth. That's his version. And so he keeps just chewing on it. And every fucking fat ass, fucking bureaucratic, swaddled fucking flea bag detective that's been in these divisions forever and knows how it really works keeps trying to warn Russell
2: Poole, like, hey, don't park up that tree.
0: Stop. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, ain't gonna look good. Yeah, all of them tried to tell him that, and he just kept going. And eventually, he got he got uh, he resigned. They tried to put up some fake shit on him as a as a cop and all this other stuff because he kept pushing. Mm -hmm. He kept pushing his theories. Anyway, so liga who's at the beginning of this thing, right? So there's this whole thing now where they're saying that he's he's racist and. He was still teaching at the LAPD Academy like just a couple years ago. Frank Liga, the guy who shot Kevin Gaines. Mm. Did you know that? Mm -mm. All right. And they caught audio of him teaching. And this is what it let's see if I got this the volume up. Oh, no, I have it down. So this is what it sounds like when he's teaching. See if we can hear that.
1: What occurred with Kevin with Kevin Gaines is that one day he got into a street rage issue.
0: All right. So that's what we learned about. And there's, oh, here we go. Here's the recording.
2: Derwin and his his buddy Kevin Gaines are best friends and running partners. That's how Gaines Gaines knew who I was,
3: basically. I ganked Derwin, Henderson was a probationer of mine. And I'd seen them one night in Hollywood. And remember, I had long hair driving a fucking Buick Regal. And I'd seen Henderson in traffic, and we stopped no space. I was going south, he was going north. He had another male black in a car with him, but I didn't pay attention to that guy. I was talking to Derwin. We were partners, and we were saying hi to him and talking to him. Turns out Gaines was with him. They were running partner. That's how Gaines knew me.
0: So that's him talking about how he actually knew who Gaines was, which is throwing a little bit of...
2: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so.
0: It's throwing a little bit of a different spin on on the fact that you know somehow this was just a weird road rage incident that didn't quite go down right now they know yeah. each other
2: right that's crazy
0: right so so i think the thing to start really thinking about in terms of the rampart in terms of the rampart scandal the thing to think about is that we still haven't even gotten close to understanding what the actual conspiracy really what was is going on. right right all we know is that chief bernard parks went from Chief Bernard Parks will eventually council person. Mm. All we know is that some of the top brass kind of like moved positions and stayed the top brass. Right. Um, and then another thing that one of the, if Steve, if you could kind of keep people's attention while I look up who was the guy who hit me to this, uh, give him credit for bringing this to my attention.
2: Pools, by the way, passed away. He passed away a few years ago.
0: Yeah, heart attack. Heart attack. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But
0: he was actually in the midst of investigating further the, the Biggie Small's case, right? right? Right. In the movie Unsolved, they show him like having a heart attack, like right during the at the sheriff's thing, but that's dramatized. In reality, he was building uh more evidence for another book that he was coming out with and at some point had a heart attack. And then I think it was Capper 71. Mm-hmm. Who yeah. hit me up that um what's going on with Rafael Perez right now?
2: Yeah. What'd you say? Was a limo driver or a security guard? He's a
0: limo driver and he's for, who? A, for Harvey Weinstein. Oh shit. <laughs> That's what's alleged. And there's wow. and let's see. Let's see if I can go to the sound for that. Let's see. Um, yeah, so this this video this video guy. Uh, And and let's give him some credit Because this guy said he's been working Tonyvera.com I think this came from Capper71 He has been following and trying to find Rafael Perez
2: He finds him
0: LABT's notorious cop Ex-cop I should say Is now a limo driver He drives Lily Weinstein Daughter of Harvey Weinstein I caught him at LAX It took me two years to get this guy But I finally got him Here's the video. And then he Mm. shows the video, and you see, you know, the Black Escalade and uh, a bunch of, like, minions get out, and uh, you see Harvey Weinstein's daughter, and then, of course, you know, Tony Vera's there with a camera shouting questions. And as he goes around the Escalade, he comes up on a limo driver, and you can see it's Raphael Perez aren't you. Are you sure? And anyway, Rafael Perez is trying to hide his face and everything. And there's another video this guy, Tony Veras got, hmm? where, where Harvey— I Like this guy. Yeah, I love him. But dude, we should have that. this guy on the show. No. He comes in, and he's got Harvey Weinstein. And and Perez is driving, and Weinstein's in the back. Hmm. And his daughter—I And he's, I mean, I don't know if he's got—I don't know if this like videographer guy— uh, I don't know if he's got hey like guy, a...
2: just Weinstein bugging humping his daughter. No.
0: No. No. But he, I don't know if he's got like a tent set up right there at Arrival at LAX mm-hmm. or whatever because he seems to be able to be there before... I don't even know how he knows that Harvey Weinstein's taking a trip. But he gets even Weinstein this time, and and this is before Weinstein gets crippled with the walker because oh, he's right, now you right. know facing criminal right, charges. Right, right. <laughs> right. And this he's this right. Weinstein can walk just fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. he's operating the cell phone just sure. fine.
2: Sure.
0: Rafael Perez is driving that limo too, and you know it just leads one to wonder. You know, with all this shit that Harvey Weinstein's involved in, an ex cop like El, uh, like rafael perez who planted evidence on tons of people mm-hmm. you got to believe that that guy has developed a lot of strategies to keep rape victims and mm-hmm. whoever else keep absolutely, their mouth shut bro. right
2: absolutely yeah.
0: right like why is he the limo driver of all the limo drivers in all- the
2: world he, he got rafael perez in that crazy think about that shit
0: think about that for a second you're harvey weinstein money is no object i mean you He's know you're gonna look for him Harvey Weinstein's so rich he pays Quentin Tarantino. Do you know what I mean? And he's like, "Who am I going to get as a driver? Who am I going to get as a limo driver?" And somehow he finds the most notorious, dirtiest, greasiest cop that Ain't... LAPD's history
2: mm-hmm. known. Funny,
0: isn't that crazy? I mean, it, it, there must be like a club where they all show up, right? Like a oh yeah, there's probably like a like a scumbag Craigslist. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Sean, have you, like, what do you think, Sean? What do you think of that?
3: Yeah, I think once you get to, like, level six scumbag, Go you, ahead, get, you get, like, a membership card to whatever this thing is.
0: Right. It's almost like his bona fides were made by taking the fall. Now, here's the other thing about Rampart that people don't know. Tell me. Or that some people may know. So, as Lepke, Senator Lepke, had brought to our attention... The the crash units were actually franchised out to all the different um, divisions. divisions of the cops, right? And so as he was saying was that um, Rafael Perez, once he finally gets caught, and he does get caught, and you know who catches him? Russ Poole. Russell Poole arrests Rafael Perez, right, like in his driveway. And when he arrests him, For Russell— For the
2: cocaine, Correct.
0: Yeah, this is for the cocaine. The what was it was like six pounds of cocaine that he took. Six pounds of cocaine, yeah. Yeah. And so in any event he arrests Rafael Perez and then when they bring Perez in to do the interview, it's almost as if Perez has already contemplated this. Because Perez is ready to make a deal. Right. Now, the deal that Perez makes on one level seems like it just wreaks havoc on the LAPD because there's like, I don't know what it was, like a 100 or so convictions that get overturned, right? And then there's also uh, money that gets paid out, right, to Blackbird, 900000 and all that other stuff. But the thing that's weird about it is the Biggie Smalls case, which was touched by a lot of the same cops that were Rampart cops, and a lot of the same cops... Like, they work security detail at death row and all that other stuff. The Tupac and the Biggie cases still remain unsolved. And all the shit that Raphael turned over, somehow, although it was revelatory, it seemed to protect a lot of people, too.
2: I agree with that. It's, How is that? I, How does that work? I
0: Because I think... I, I don't know how that. Well, how do you think it works, Steve? You're the one that fucking knows the lay of the land. Like, how does that work in your mind?
2: I mean, listen, we're gonna focus on these and get these convictions here, and get these guys, and we need to leave this over here alone.
0: Right. We need like like it's almost as if somewhere along the way somebody was like, we got. I mean, we got this problem. And it seems to be showing up enough in the media. And we got this one blue flame fucking de- Rus- Detective Russell who went to the press, By he eventually went to the press because he didn't feel like the LAPD on uh, internal affairs at LAPD. Russell Poole's feeling was that internal affairs inside the LAPD was a way for Chief Bernard Parks to control an investigation. Once an investigation started coming back on the LAPD, so. One way to look at internal affairs is to say this, right? Like, oh, you found out a cop did some, broke the law? Then you need to get the cops that are the cops' cops. That's internal affairs, right? The other way to look at it is internal affairs is the way to control the information that comes out from that investigation, take it away from regular cops from doing the examination and doing the investigation, and start controlling it, make it seem like something's happening, and then internal affairs might just be like, "Well, who's going to be the fall guy?" Right. And then, how are we going to make it look like we expose something, but protect and cover up all the real shit? Yes. Right. You're on
2: point with that.
0: You think that does that make sense to you? Doesn't, doesn't so take much thinking. Doesn't too they're hard.
3: They're the filter that protects the department.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. So my point is, is like that's how Russell Poole felt. He felt like. As soon as Eternal Affairs got a hand... Like, as soon as he would start to touch... Oh, wait a minute. There's a whole bunch of LAPD officers working off-duty for Suge Knight. And some of them are Rampart. And some of the Rampart guys are wearing... Got red handkerchiefs and all that shit. Wearing red suits and all that shit. Oh, there's
2: pictures of them looking like straight bloods.
0: Right. As soon as it started to go that way... Then all of a sudden internal affairs would get involved and take the case away from him and control it and be like, hey, we're going to look into this now. Thank you. Thank you for doing your duty. And that shit drove him all the way to take the shit outside to the press, which after he took it to the press, he lost his pension. He was like six months away from getting his pension. He fucking sacrificed that whole thing uh, because he was trying to get to the bottom of this case.
2: We're trying to do his job. He doesn't get his pension. Doesn't that sound funny right there?
0: Yeah, that sounds but that sounds about right. You got to figure so in a town where the top bad the top bad cop uh eventually starts driving limo for the top sexual predator right film guy. Yeah. Right? You got to start wondering. This has really caused me to wonder just how much of a role the LAPD plays in dealing with these conspiracies and keeping the seedy part of this this city running. It's almost as if they need gangs in the sense that we need some high-visibility Latinos and blacks that we can crack every once in a while. So it looks like we're trying to shut crime down, but in reality, we're facilitating a whole bunch of other lucrative shit. What do you think about
2: that, Steve? I think that that's, I think that that's right, bro. I mean, I just watched a special on, I don't know what it was, on one of these streaming channels. And it was about this murderer that was responsible for one murder, an abduction of a girl. Well, that sheriff of that town got a hold of this guy and convinced this guy, coached him, convinced him to go ahead and um, and um, plead out or take responsibility for, like, 10 other missing girl murders. Okay? And that way the sheriff and he would get reelected as sheriff because how it would look on the missing crimes, the open files that would be closed. And then they uncover 20 years later, 30 years later when they interview this guy and he's on death row and that this guy was coached He didn't know the real stories. When they went to try and ask him how they were killing, all these things to justify it or to 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 prove it, the guy didn't have any answers because he really didn't fucking call these other girls. So I feel like, in a sense, I bring that up because I feel like, in a sense, what Chumahan's saying is right. Like. If you got a couple bad guys, let's let's keep them breathing. Let's keep them alive because we can use those guys for all sorts of shit. We can stick oh, oh they're the cause of this. Let's attach that. Let's clean up our slate with these. Right, you get what I'm saying? I, I wonder how much evidence and how much guilt, how much shit is planted on these guys, wrongly convicted, because they're scapegoats for a lot of other bad business that has to go on. I believe.
0: Well. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to pull up the rules at the time for the LAPD evidence locker. Like when you check out the evidence in the, in the locker, mm-hmm. um, the part that's crazy about it is how lax it is. When you read about how lax oh, it yeah. is. yeah, you,
2: you basically had to give a signature, just a signature, and you could take anything you want out. Yes. And put back whatever you fuck you want. Right.
0: And so, so like, apparently at the time, and I think I think it was—I think I don't know what they've done about it. To be honest with you, I don't even know what they've done about it now. But—so, you know, what would happen is, is like, for instance, in this case, right? Rafael Perez. So how many last names are there Perez in La? Joel Perez was another officer on the LAPD. He would show up at the—Rafael Perez would show up at the evidence locker and sign Joel Perez and then take out cocaine. He didn't just take out that six pounds— Over time, he'd been taking out one pound, two pounds, and replacing it with Bisquick and all this other shit, right? right? So think about this. In what world, like even in 92, 93, 94, 95, 96, 97, in what world would it make sense to you or an institution where the stuff that's in that evidence locker, right, is going to be needed for trial later? It's going to be needed for whatever later. In what world does it make sense that it's super lax that you could check shit out? You don't even have to be working the case. You don't even have to be an officer on the case that got checked in. In what world is it that anything could be checked out and you'd be like, well, the log says this. We don't know. And you only have like two people in the back that are kind of like keeping track of anything. In what world does that make sense unless... You wanted to manufacture evidence unless you wanted to lose evidence, unless you wanted to fuck around with evidence. It doesn't make sense in any world except that one. Okay. I'm
2: going to bring a point up to you right now. I'm listening to me real clearly. They had these evidence lockers, right? With all this cocaine, heroin, PCB. I mean, and these are large quantities that they're keeping. Why are they keeping this stuff? For court, right? for that's, court? For that's a, what they say. That's what they say. Now, picture this. I'm a cop and I pull Sean over. Okay. And he's got what looks to be four or five kilos of cocaine in the back of his car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. And we arrest you. How do we arrest you and how do we know that those are... Cocaine or, any, or not baking powder. Don't
3: they test it on the scene?
2: Right there. Yeah. They that- crack it open, they do a little test, and they shake a little vial. Right, right and huh? then you see the blue. Right. Oh, the cocaine. Now, why isn't that test good enough for the state? Because it's not reliable, actually. Okay. It isn't. I was watching. I, was I used- know. I watched that, too. But wait. <laughs> and I'm not trying to go there, but I'm trying to get to so what I'm first talking about Go is ahead. that's enough though that is enough and it's proof enough to lock up Sean you're saying and put him on trial but it's not enough for all the cocaine that like why do they have to have it do they have to test it again oh i
0: see the point you're making you're making a great point you're saying you test it on the spot Right there, eyewitness, percipient witnesses, mm-hmm. like, we already know that Coke's there, and mm-hmm. the cop can look and say, like, yeah, this is, you know, you could even Grab weigh, them. you could weigh it there if you needed to, right? Mm-hmm. You could. What, what, do you actually have to bring, you do, I mean, honestly, in any of these cases, have you ever actually seen anybody bring in eight pounds of Coke and put it, or like two pallets of Coke and put it in the courtroom and say, that's the amount of Coke Never. You, you don't need to. You don't need to. Right, so why are they holding on to it is what you're asking.
2: Exactly. Why isn't it just destroyed if that's the case? We have the test. We know what yeah, it was. Take well. a picture of it. Take a picture it and destroy it. Check this out. So They kept it so they could deal it.
0: The LAPD's it. system right, for evidence and all that stuff was extremely lax for checking out drugs for court evidence, especially if the amounts were a pound or less. Mm. All you had to do was make a phone call to the property division, give a last name and a badge number, then ask that the dope be sent to you by courier. So they would bring the shit to you. The drugs had to be returned, of course, but no one at the property division ever checked to find out that what got back was pure cocaine or a bag of baking powder. Bro,
2: do you know how—that's a business they were running, bro. 100%. Think about that. 100%. How much coke— was brought in and out of that evidence room before this happened. And imagine I bet how much. Imagine how many motherfucking ex cops have met, bought homes and businesses and cars with all that money and all that dope. And I bet you
0: uh, uh, all, everybody up the chain of command gets to wet their beak on all that business. That's
2: the reason why it runs the way it does. That's why nobody questioned it.
0: Right. That's amazing to me though because now you're thinking about it. You're like, how much of, and I don't know this, this is allegedly, how much of Bernard Parks' ability to run campaigns and, 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 and money to fund his run for councilship and all this other shit, how much of that flowed through these kinds of illicit, illicit transactions allowing officers to use? And his job, Mark's, somebody like Parks wouldn't even have to get his hands dirty. All he'd have to do is make sure that Eternal Affairs did an investigation that never touched on that. He just would control that. And then every once in a while, you got some fucking asshole like Detective Russell Poole who doesn't want to play ball like everyone else.
2: If it took us a matter of a couple weeks to figure out why the fuck is the drugs being taken in and checked out like that, You're gonna tell me that all this time nobody else put two and two together? Mm. Of course not. They had it running like that. Make sure you don't change that system up. There doesn't need to be any protocol. The protocol is just fine. That way we can get what we need to do and
0: You know what, man? This is fucked up because and and so that system is what's working throughout the like LA count, like the 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 Los Angeles. That system. That's what I'm saying. Not just in Rampart. That's the way LAPD gets down. Right. That system is working out throughout the entire city slash county slash whatever. Absolutely. And what's crazy is like, and then you read these stories about like how Chief Parks, like, so, so, so Russell Poole, right? So through the Frank Liga thing and the Rafael Perez thing, right? So Russ Parks is, or Russell Poole is already, Like, figured out, like, oh, wait a minute, there's something bigger kind of like going on. He gets up to a point, they move him off that case, and for whatever reason, and I'm not exactly sure what it was, they put him on the Biggie Smalls case, thinking, I think, because he was in a homicide division, I think they thought, well, this is just a separate case. So it's no, it doesn't have anything to do with that, or they put him. So you got to understand, at the higher ups, when they're looking at some of the guys and every partner, that Russell Poole works with is constantly trying to tell him to play ball. Right? Like they're all of them. <laughs> and so you gotta believe that there were some conversations with the lieutenant and the chief where it was like, so is he just gonna cause what they were always trying to get Russell Poole to do was to stick to the one case he's supposed to investigate. Not not uncover all this other shit. Just who killed who killed Biggie? What exactly happened? like blah 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 don't you're not supposed to be chasing leads everywhere and they, you had to believe that there was conversations with the lieutenants and the higher ups that are like so is russell Poole listening to you like you've been telling him like we're sticking to this well i want you to keep an eye on russell pool keep an eye on him make sure don't say anything to him too much cuz you got you want to stay friends with him so he tells you everything that he knows right you got to be his buddy so he tells you what he's discovering, so that we can prepare for what's coming out, and we know when to move him off a case and into another case that's I guarantee you write the report, let him write the report, then you read it, then you tell us, and then we find out, and then we'll we'll manage Russell Poole. we're managing this guy that wants to try to like expose the whole thing and make you know the truth come out, whether it hurts the l a p d or not and by this time, also you gotta remember. That Biggie Smalls's mother, right? This like Jamaican woman that fucking is like the Terminator. She ain't going away. She's coming back every single time. She even I will be back. She sound like that. <laughs> She's suing. They estimated what Biggie's the rest of his life was worth. It's four hundred million dollars had he lived. And they were suing the LAPD for that, the city for that, because there was a some kind of conspiracy going on covering up the murder and they didn't protect him. the a whole thing. And that LAPD officers might have been involved in the killing. And if so, then LAPD is responsible. And they're going to have to pay the $400 million. So now you got Bernard Parks sitting on pins and needles like, fuck. We got a fucking, we got a whole, we got, we got, we're in a heap of trouble. So they, and then you got Russell Poole, who's down at the bottom, some fucking needle in a haystack that's trying to get to, like, what's the bigger conspiracy here? Trying to unravel all that. And you know, you know that Bernard Parks, and now I think at the time it was Gil Garcetti, Eric Garcetti's dad. All these guys are back in office now, by the way. It's like, you, you look, and these names that for 10 years kind of, like, went away, now they're all back again. Gil Garcetti, who was criticized for not, not getting more involved in the Rampart scandal and cleaning shit up, leaving it to Bernard Parks to sort out through internal affairs. And then they had Rafael Perez testimony. And so he gave up all this shit, right? But one of the things that was a problem was that Rafael Perez took a bunch of polygraphs Mm -hmm. and he failed all of them. Let me look this up. So this guy is their lead guy. They're giving him immunity. Or, or a lighter sentence. Right. But they're saying, give us it all, and let's let's root let's root this out. Root and branch. We're
2: gonna well, the deal it. was is that as soon as he knew it was in hot water and what they were bringing against him, he quickly began to lay out the deal. All right, you can get me on the cocaine. And they had him on a grand theft auto. I don't know how that came to be. But they had him on a grand theft auto and this eight pounds of cocaine. And the deal was, look. We already got you on that. And he was like, I'll take the time on that. But I want immunity on everything else and I'll talk. That's what that looked like. And that's what that five-year sentence that he took, that's how he got a five-year sentence after all the shit he did. And him taking the lie detectors and failing, do you know that they settled over $100 million in settlements? But they're saying that that wasn't even like a quarter. Of the cases. They couldn't even find all the cases that they had fucking done scandalous to do because they didn't know what to believe of him and what not to. These were only the ones he was willing to cop to, right?
0: Yeah, so exactly. And Russell Poole was like surprised when he learned that the DA's office had cut a deal with Press Because like Russell Poole was like, dude, this guy, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Why are we cutting just a deal? That's gonna lead to more investigations. Like, if anything, we should start turning other people and rolling the whole fucking network up. Instead, it was like they cut a deal with Perez. And Poole kinda knew, uh, he was like, listen, we I knew we could have taken care of it cleanly we just let me do what was right. We didn't need to make a deal with Perez. We should have been sent to prison, who should have been sent to prison for the rest of his life. The whole investigation was flowing, flowing towards some grand conclusion that was going to tie it all together. At least that's what I believe. This is Russell Poole talking. But as soon as they made the deal with Perez, it was like he became in charge. Are you understand that? You understand what I'm like like what he's saying? He's saying like he was the lead guy that was closest enough to the thing to even bring Perez's name into it. Like if it wouldn't have been for pulling them uh, Parks and all these other fuck faces, would have just let it roll. You wouldn't have even heard of Perez. You might not even heard of Rampart. Got it to that point. Mhm. Right? And then at that point, they decided to cut a deal with Perez. And, and, and the guy who actually got it that far is trying to tell him, you don't need to make a deal. Let's just do the investigation. Why do you need to make a deal? Let's just do the investigation. And you know somebody higher up talked to Perez and said, look, dirtbag, mm. you help us control this fucking thing and you're going to be okay. We got a nice job. When you're finally done.
2: Working done. for Harvey Weinstein. Working
0: for Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. Yeah. We, know some, we know some sexual predators that are going to need some help.
2: Yeah, and you're, you're going to get, get hand- to work for them. Well, yeah.
0: oh, handsomely. Every once in a while, some fucking irritating cinematographer is going to ask you one. But other than that, <laughs> it's going to be all good. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, Perez was like, all right. You're going to drive around him
2: and another guy named Epstein.
0: <laughs> exactly. Your fun. people. We're going to put
2: you back with your people, working with your people.
0: Right. So it was But what Right in my imaginings, this is what happens. Right, it's like
2: there's this is alone
0: in this dark room,
2: and the door slowly opens. Right, and you and see it's these, Weinstein with his pants down. And
0: you see two <laughs> long shadows come in. Right, and it's like you know, like well, you see you look and you see the metal on the lapels gleaming, and you realize, oh shit, that's Chief Paul. Chief Parks comes in and says, Perez. Listen, like, like, almost like a Sith Lord, right? Like, Perez is the guy who's like training to be Darth Vader, and, and Parks is Darth But then behind them comes the Emperor, and just like, and you see, and it, it's a crinkly old white man named Epstein. <sighs> Who's really pulling all the strings? Right. That's what I imagine happened. And they told him, "Were you going to help us control this? Otherwise, we're going to kill your entire family or something." Right. So, and Perez is so. Di- By the way, Perez was known. You know, obviously, Denzel Washington modeled his performance in Training Day after Perez. So Perez was kind of an asshole as it was. Right. Probably got off on the shit. Absolutely. He was probably just wet on the. He's t- a piece of shit. He was probably just getting wet, just getting ready to do yeah, one Yeah, right. man. Yeah. So 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 Poole's bummed out now. Here he's almost got to the fucking truth and now the head criminal's in charge and Perez decides what parts of the investigation were gonna stay alive and which weren't. Perez implicates almost every detective he worked with at the Rampart station. Right. So remember that too. It's got limited to Rampart. You didn't hear about San you didn't hear about any of the other crash right? Units, right? Right, right. They were probably busy hiding evidence as oh, soon as, yeah. right? <laughs> they were iron wrinkles. They were like getting it off. Yep, yep. Right. Uh, so Perez implicates every detective he worked with at Rampart Station, except he noted and insisted that Sammy Martin was clean. That's the same Martin who was meeting with Perez and Durden in the dead of the night once they knew there was an investigation. Even more dubious was Perez's insistence that he knew of no criminal activity of David Mack. David Mack, and we might just go in and drill down on some of these names, but David Mack later gets implicated in the killing of Biggie Smalls, Mm, uh all right? And he's deep in death row, all right? Then Chief Parks himself would tell the media that he believed Perez was not telling the whole truth about Mack. So they're, like, letting a little bit of tension out. But because the inquiry into Perez's activities had become so vast, one of the guys decided to conduct conduct five separate polygraph examinations of Rafael Perez. Mm. Two of them are going to focus on his relationship with David Mack and the other shootings uh, not disclosed by Perez. So he submits to all these lie detector tests between November 30th and December 16th, 1999. And uh, the results were that he failed them all. He failed five of all the polygraph examinations. Now think about that. I believe it. Yep. So the key witness in the LAPD rooting out all of the crooked cops in the Rampart division can't pass any of the polygraph tests. What does that tell you? Unbelievable,
2: man. And they it's still kept him as the witness. Unbelievable. What does that tell you? That they're going to use him. The, the, he's a fucking A pawn. Right. He's a pawn, man. They're
0: right. They're going to
2: utilize this guy.
0: Right. He's a liar. They got to, and, and one of the other things that they would say about Perez was that he was an amazing liar. That in all the cases, that he would get off on it. That like in all the cases where he had manufactured evidence, mm-hmm. he would like moonwalk and pop and lock all the way up to the stand and sit down. and He was ready. <laughs> and that some of the public defenders hated going up against him. They knew he was lying. But the way he delivered it, he would get commendations from the judge for his truthfulness. Mm. And he was lying through his teeth.
2: I don't believe
0: it. Nobody else could tell. So that kind of stuff is all in the Mm. background of this Rampart scandal. So the Rampart scandal is actually, if you really wanted to think about it, was a fence probably that was put around a, a, a disaster like BP oil spill. Rampart was just a tiny, thin little fence that they put around a little section of it and focused on that and dealt with that in order to make sure no one discovered how big the emergency really was. Right. That makes sense?
2: Makes sense to me.
0: Um, and then, you know, uh, you have. And then the, the other part that's crazy about. What were you going to say? What were you saying? No, no, yeah. no, no. I'm listening. I thought you were going to say something. Oh, I will. So the the thing that's crazy about this is that, you know, somehow this touches also the Tupac and the Biggie murders, this Rampart scandal, right? And it's almost as if the Biggie and Tupac murders actually impede or make it even harder to understand exactly what's going on in the Los Angeles Police Department. Like, it's almost like trying to solve those conspiracies And I believe that they are conspiracies almost lends itself as an extra complication that makes it harder to understand. It almost overshadows rampart. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain way that when you start to talk about rampart, you wind up having to talk about. Shug Knight. Then you have to talk about P Diddy. Then you have to talk about Tupac. Then you have to talk about Biggie. Yeah. And as in, in a weird way, it's it, it, it makes it hard to draw a perfect diagram or better understand what the underlying criminal conspiracy that's involved the LAPD is. And instead, then now you've got these things. I mean, I mean, do you feel that, Sean? Like, do you feel that?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah, definitely overshadowed. It seems like that's the neon sign. And in fact, I think that when I'm looking at that show on the one on Netflix, yeah, Unsolved, <clears throat> I didn't watch it forever and it, mainly i didn't watch it cuz i'm not necessarily interested in in listening to a bunch of theories about how tupac and biggie died right but if you talk about rampart that to me that's like uh, it's a little bit more based in fact or theories that I, I don't know there's there's something there's something almost um yeah like the conspiracy Part of it is just not interesting to me. But if you talk about Rampart, then I'm like super interested in what what, what
0: happened. So that's what's interesting is that those two murders and that sort of thing in a weird way seem to get in the way of understanding the depth of Rampart.
2: I agree. I agree.
0: And then it spawns all of these extra theories and it spawns like almost a cottage industry of weird like confessions and 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 shows and documentaries kind of makes it fictional it makes it feel fictional right and you stop you lose sight of the fact that you got this whole coordinated thing where cops are coming and going and planting evidence and picking up cocaine out of the evidence locker without having to even it's easy it's harder to order room service yeah at the marriott (laughs) than it is to get cocaine out of the lapd locker crazy like for instance like um, just to give you a for instance how how crazy this gets, is like now you've got like a a a a Puff Daddy or Puff Diddy or whatever he calls himself Sean Puffy Combs or whatever the fuck he's called these days, uh-huh. right? His bodyguard, right? Even his ex-bodyguard wants to get in the game and this is what it sounds like and you're trying to understand Play it.
1: To my job. This is him. Since bad boy sent the FBI to my job. I've been talking about this. Not only did I did Biggie Tupac, I was on the first program with MTV. I was on VH1, Famous Crime Scene, and the whole Biggie Tupac that I did for Ms. Wallace. In 2004, a full documentary was shot by Ricardo McKendricks Jr., allegedly over the Junior Block Mafia, but because them Alphabet Boys picked him up, it never got out.
0: So you, you're like listening you're like you're like, I because I did this, I like look at it, and I'm like, oh my God, Diddy's former bodyguard's gonna he's gonna talk about what's really going on, what's real, and then you start listening to it and you get lost in a web of weird shit right right like like, like, like here's another one
1: Nigga, you wouldn't been sipping on no Surroc, you would have been three hots in a cock
0: you shit I mean like you're sitting there and you're like, what is he saying
1: this? your people came to me with DVD deals, your people came to me with the fucking uh, uh, book deals and shit like that I was trying to get at you If I was trying to get at you, bruh When those folks came with me To me Nigga, you wouldn't been sipping on no Ciroc You would have been three hots in a cot. Check out the picture It seemed like everybody go to jail Or end up dead but
0: you He's talking about P. Diddy right there uh. And there's like a picture of him And with a bunch of dudes And then P. Diddy's up on the right And I don't know even why he's mad at P. Diddy You
1: forgot I was there at City College, bro. I was the one at City College to open the doors to help save those kids when you ran the other way. Are you serious?
0: And Rack TV. So, I, you're sitting What's there. What's he talking
3: about? Exactly. He was there to open the doors yeah, at it, City College. But
0: then he's got this interesting story about P. Diddy and, like, Suge Knight. I'm trying to get to that. I'm trying to get past some of this. But I want to give you a flavor. So, like, while you're trying to understand Rampart, you got, like, a thousand pages of this. Actual people that are tangentially involved putting out all this shit. People are
3: trying to insert themselves to be uh, some sort of knowledgeable or. or...
0: At that moment, he was talking about memorial services held for the victims of the City College Stampede. So I don't know if there was like, Uh, do you remember that or does that make sense? No, I don't know if he's talking like somehow Puff Daddy was involved in that. And somehow this guy was the only realist dude that handled the shit and that Puff Daddy ran scared or something. Like, that's kind of what he's saying. Let me try to get to this story where he's talking about the meeting between Suge Knight and Puff Daddy. Or
1: The Marlboro man that oh. had the billboard behind you. Now, we driving around Cali. He's doing an interview with you and everything like that.
0: So he's riding around with Puff Daddy. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why there's a Marlboro man, but he's involved. Uh, some And he's got he's got like a reporter doing an interview with him
1: in the car. So next thing you know, we drive behind the House of Blues. Guess who we see? We see Pac and we see Suge. Pac is in the white drop top Bentley. Suge is in the red drop top Bentley.
0: And there's two Bentleys, uh, red, white, drop top. I've never even been allowed to ride in a Bentley, but here we go.
1: We drove by them and Riz was like, oh shit, there go them niggas right there. And then you said, who, who, that was Pac and that was motherfucker Shug." You said, Kenny, drive back around.
0: So P Diddy is saying drive back around?
1: Next thing you know, Kenny get ready to drive back around the corner. Riz got 40 cents in his hand. I'm looking at the reporter. reporter look like he bought the shit on himself. So I know.
0: 40 cents. I think he's saying he's got a 40. Like, a, a, I think he's trying to say he's got a gun. Okay. Right? Right? 40 cents in his, I don't know. But, I mean, why would he say he's got 40 cents in his hand unless he's referring to a gun?
3: Like 40 caliber.
0: Yeah. He's got 40 cents. And the reporter looks like he's going to shit on himself. Right. Right? Imagine you're the reporter, Sean. You're riding around really? P. Diddy. Let me out! <laughs> and Riz is <laughs> like, hey, then them news." Sugar Tubak and like, hey, drive around, drive around. And another guy brings out a gun. And you're just sitting there like, I just want an article, man. I'm trying to write for a fucking source magazine. <laughs> hey, I'd be like, Ch-ch-ch-ch-ch. I'm going to get this hot exclusive.
1: It would have never been no Keefy D or nobody. You wouldn't have went out your cipher like that because you had Wolf and you had Riz.
0: You had Wolf and you had Riz.
1: And they was your mathematician. They solved your problem. And Riz was ready to do whatever, whenever. So now, he tells you, you better talk to them niggas right now. So we rose up to, we rose back around, we roll up to Pac. You say, what up, Pac? Pac turns his head, looked at you, and act like you wasn't even existing. It turned back around, looked like he was a piece of shit. Ribs was like, yo, fuck that nigga. Talk to Suge. He the boss. You say to Suge, yo, Suge, what's up? Suge say, what's up to you? You say, Suge, we got any problems? Everything good with us, man? Everything straight? Suge say, everything straight? Say, we ain't got no problem out here. You say, I don't know no problems you got out here. You ain't got no problem with me. You say, all right, then later on, just say later on, and that was it.
0: So that's it. You hang in for all these people that are inserting themselves into this controversy and the whole thing, and you wind up with just basically a story where there's no problem. Uh-huh. After I listened to that whole thing, and I'm like, what is nah. that? That's why it's so hard to understand the Rampart scandals, because you get caught up in all this stuff. I did a lot of research on the internet. A, that's what you have to do and, and then you gotta weed through all that and so what I'm saying is is that these controversies are impeding understanding yeah, totally. the underlying whatever and a I'll, lot of dead ends I'll give a big shout out to Mr. Wreck TV Mr. Wreck Mr. Wreck Mr. Wrecked Mr. Wrecked Mr. Wrecked TV is the name of this fucking thing Wrecked no like Mr. Wrecked Mr. Like wow. Mister Rekt, Mister Rekt. So I'm like looking at these things, and I'm so paranoid that I'm starting to think, like, is there a PR agency or is there somebody who's helping to manage, keeping as much shit out there as possible? Smoke screen. Yeah, all this extra collateral shit, so it's harder to even. Because I Get went to on to Reddit. No, I mean. Yeah. No, nah, I, mean? I mean. I went on to Reddit, and I'm like, I typed in Rampart. Do you know what came back? No. Very little. Really? On Reddit. Yeah. Reddit goes
3: hard.
2: Reddit goes. You they're, could pull, ty- they're pulling information off.
0: Are you kidding me? Reddit's solving
3: fucking sixty year old fucking murder mysteries and shit.
0: Dude, you could type For in For fun. Yeah, you could type in the letter T and nothing else, and you would get back like a ton of information about the letter T on Reddit. Yeah. Like Sanskrit and it started out with a Japanese and this. But you
2: thing. hit in Rampart scandal and, and it's there's like very little. Crickets. Yeah, that's that right there. Think about that. Crickets. Now, I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me personally with this rampart unit and it was the crash unit, bro. Okay. I'm dry. this is in 97. Guys, listen up to this. In 1997. I'm on the 101 I think on the 101 freeway. Are you active? Or the, t- am I on the 10 or is it t- No, it's the 101 freeway. And I'm getting off at Vermont. And I'm traveling, I guess, west or, yeah, westbound. I am mean, coming from the downtown area to the Hollywood area. And I come up upon Vermont. And I'm exiting Vermont. And as I exit Vermont, where that exit lets you off at is right by Melrose. Lets you off right by Melrose. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Make a right turn. is twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Twelve o'clock noon. Make a right onto Vermont, and you drive about about a block or two, and what you hit on Vermont is you hit Melrose. Okay. So as I'm coming to a rolling stop at Melrose, rolling to a stop at the red light, I hear a high caliber gun boom boom right yeah behind me kind of behind me to the left of me a little bit there's someone on the sidewalk well i'm heading one way and i'm hearing it to my left so i look in my rearview mirror right and i look and i don't see anything but i look in my Left rear view mirror to my left, and I see somebody running through the cars towards me. But he's back probably a couple football fields, about a football field. And he's running with a high caliber gun, shooting in the direction. As soon as I notice him and the where he's shooting, yeah, I duck down. Yeah. And as I'm ducking another bullet now hits my car enters through the rear of my car but as it hits the car the 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 sound of the impact of this bullet hitting my car as and this is me as I'm bending down I just look through the rearview mirror I see this and I get down as I get down my hat flies off of my head with the impact of this bullet So I stayed down for a second, bent over. I'm trying to look. And now cars are rolling into like it rolling. We were at a dead stop by this point. Now they're starting to roll. Even though the light screen, cars aren't just driving. Everybody shook, you know? Right. I guess other people don't like. So now I've taken my foot off of the brake and I'm letting the car roll forward. And boom, boom, like more shots are coming. Do you feel like they're shooting at you? It's like they but I this guy's shooting. At whatever he's shooting in my direction. Right. So I'm staying down low because I'm like, I can hear the bullets hitting cars next to me. Damn. Bing bong and hitting metal. So after about five, seven seconds, no more shooting. I look up. See the guys, the cars are rolling. I go ahead and I pull over. I I cross Rob, I cross Melrose. And I pull into this little right there, right at the corner, is a donut shop. Little is your glass one of those broken? corner mall. No, my glass isn't okay. broken. One of those little corner mall, little parking yeah. lot. Okay. And I pull right in there, bam. And as I pull in there, there was a car too that was ahead of me that pulled in there. And there was a couple cars behind me pulling in there. Right. Everybody's very aware there was just a shooting going on. Right. And a bunch of cars got hit. All at this intersection. Right.
3: So you guys are kind of pulling over. Everybody's pulling over, pulling off. the right.
2: like, what the fuck? So I get out of my car and uh, I have my hat off because my hat got, flew off my head onto the passenger side floor. And I look and I look and I take my hand across the back of my head, back of my shoulders as much as I can. And I look at my hand to see if I see any blood. Right. 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 Because I'm kind of thinking I might be hit somewhere or grazed. Right. So I get out of my car, and next to me is this paisa in a truck, in like a garden truck. And he's like just coming around from his truck. He's just coming around, and I'm getting out of my car. And I go, hey, and I tell him in Spanish, hey man, do you see any sangre on the back of me? Asking him if he sees any blood anywhere on me. And he's like, no, no, está, no, no. Está. And I'm feeling myself like, cool, all right? And I can't, I'm like, fuck. So I walk around to my car to see where there's, I don't even really know that my car, I could hear the car get hit, but I'm like, where the fuck did the bullet, so I go to the back and there's no busted window on my car, it's a red Mazda, so as I go back to look and see where my car was hit by this bullet, this man comes up to me, from the right hand side of where my car is, there's a little, it's like a little uh, uh, Toyota uh, Sentry, Camry or something. He's on the right-hand side of me. Gardner truck's on the left-hand side of me. As I'm going to look at my car, this, 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 uh, this Mexican gentleman walks up to me, and he's got like a blank stare on his face. And he looks at me, and he's like, uh, telling me in Spanish, can you call the ambulance? Or can you call the police? And I'm like, what's up? You know, I'm asking him what's going on. He goes, can you call the police? And he's like, got this blank stare on his face. I'm like, fuck.
0: Like he's in shock or something?
2: Yeah, kind of like, just like. And, yeah, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, he asked me the second time. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Que paso? And he grabs my uh, my hand and walks me to the passenger side. And there's a lady sitting there in the passenger seat up front. And she's just staring straight off. She didn't even look at me. Like comatose, right? And he opens the back door, and when he opens up the back door, his daughter, who must have been maybe eleven or twelve years old, she's she's forward against the passenger seat, the back of it, and the top of her head uh, is is off, dude. Her you can see her brain matter and everything, and her little sister is sitting next to her silent. Just sitting there. And I look at it and I'm like, Okay. I fucking don't close the door, but I crack it back a little bit, you know? And as I walk towards the front, towards the car, I pass by the mother or whoever that lady is that's in the front. And then I look and she kind of glances at me and just keeps on looking forward, right? She just gives me like a look. And then I grab this guy by the shoulders and I'm like all right, and I move him to the front of this car, and I like brace his shoulders, and I'm like, "You wait here, I call." Like he, 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 he was. It was just he, he was, was in just, shock. shock. He didn't know, you know what the like. He's just in shock, right? So, I walk into this donut store that we're in front of. Now everything's changed, bro. I'm not. I've never seen some little kid. Mm-hmm. I've seen some shit, but I've never seen some child, innocent child. And so all this shit's kind of like, fuck. Now this whole thing is taking on a whole different twist, man. I walk into this um, donut place, this donut shop, and I go, hey. And I guess there was a couple people ahead of me that had said something like, hey, can you call the police or something like that to these donut, these Koreans. And as I walk in, I go, "Hey, you need to call the. You need to call police right now. Call the paramedics or whatever. Call right ambulance. ambulance. Call 911 one for that." And I am going to do anything to satisfy this father, whether he's, his daughter's already gone. But you know, call, you need to call now. And as I say that, this uh, Korean lady, or uh, I don't shouldn't even say that, man. I don't know if she was Korean or Chinese. She goes, "Hey, you are not buy nothing. You need to leave store like that." She says to me, and I go, "Hey." call the fucking police i look at her and i go call the fucking police this little girl just fucking got killed in the fucking car behind me and the lady looks at me like she just starts dialing the fucking number like i was about to rip the phone right out the fucking wall and call myself and she looks at me and she just starts dialing
0: she got the okay message. Okay, okay okay she got the mess
2: right so i walk back out there and this dude's kind of standing there and now he's starting to like rub his head and look around <sighs> right And so I come out there, I go, they're coming, they're coming now. And as I'm saying that to him, I can hear and see the choppers now coming down to the area, right? Right, right. They're all coming down, converging. Cops are starting to converge. I look over and I can see cop cars have now blocked. They're pulling up and blocking Melrose in Vermont. Right. I take this gentleman, I I walk him around, I open up his door, his passenger door, Mm -hmm. and I... Tell him, hey, sit down, you know, with <laughs> his feet facing out. Just sit down. The police are coming. The ambulance is coming. Right. As soon as I do that and I look to my right, there's an officer walking right up to us. Mm. He's not walking right up to us. He's walking up to the scene, almost like he's going to walk past us. Right. And then I'm like, hey, officer. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, Wait. I go check that. He pointed the back to the of this girl. Car, yeah. And he's like, looks at me. And he like looks in past the little girl, the sister, looks into the window, and right away he grabs. Her. He's like, shh, shh. he says something in there. He you knows know?
0: exactly what to do.
2: Right, and I go, this is this is the this is the driver right here, you know, and so right away he engages this guy with, you know, he starts speaking Spanish to him, right? Yeah. So as soon as that happens, I no longer can do anything. Right. I, I walk over to my car. Now, I've got something in my car that can't be in my car that I can't have on that scene. It can, be a, a action, it can be it can be in the car,
0: but the people who, the cops that are arriving on the scene can't see it in your car.
2: Right. Got it. And I know my car was hit by a bullet. So uh, I already know what's going to happen. Evidence, baby. Right. And then they're going to have to do a search of the car. Right, the whole thing. So- I get to a, 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 a phone, and I call a good friend of mine, a good friend of ours. Okay. And it doesn't live far away, and I'm like, hey, I need you to get down here. Drop whatever you're doing and get down here right now. Right. I have right. to give you something. Yep. So they come down. He comes down with his son. Right. And they're down wait, there. Wait,
0: wait, wait. That son?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they get down there, and as... I'm like now I have wrapped this thing up in like a fucking sweatshirt and it's like in the back seat kind
0: wait, of Wait 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 How do you Okay how do you wrap How big was the thing you had to wrap up
2: Probably about the size of this pretzel oh jar here. Oh, my God.
0: Okay, so we're looking at, like, <laughs> shit. We're
2: looking at it. We're, we're, it's so the size it's, of, like, a, a two, foot two giant football. Yeah, it's a about football. 18 inch,
0: eight Yeah, a football. Maybe okay, a
2: giant football. Maybe
0: a little big bigger. A little bigger. This is the peanut butter pretzels that Steve has been eating. The Costco.
2: Right. We, right. we put in a dance on these things, right. So we, I fucking. We put it. <sighs> by the way, you should understand. John had, like, what? Three or four of them? <laughs> <laughs> but
0: Steve has been, he's been eating them, in, like, reverse they're, sunflower they're seeds. He's been eating the pretzel and dropping the peanut butter center off in the trash because mm-hmm.
2: he's-, he's, he's w- Watching man. my gallery. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay.
0: Anyway. So, so how do you wrap that up with cops and everything at the scene? Like, how's that done?
2: They're pretty busy with what's going on. Right. They right. haven't come and seen my car yet, but they—they've they've ta- now they've taped off the but parking lot. You're not lot. driving out of there. You're not driving out of there. No. But so, what's the strategy? Now, when you're in a situation. I get into my car, like I'm looking for some things. Right. And really, I pull this thing out, wrap it in a sweatshirt, and leave it right behind my my driving seat on the floor. Okay. Right now, I'm staying close by it. Right. I'm waiting for my buddy to show up. Right. And now they're taping off the full parking lot. So I'm like, fuck. Right. How am I going to. Well, about a minute later, I see my friend. Right, I'm just stop eating these fucking things right now. <laughs> this is good. Mm. I like it. That's I a see te- my friend. I'm like, all right. And they come up to the yellow tape, but they can't come into the parking lot.
0: Right. They're just standing at the edge, like like uh-huh. like, right.
2: like, like rubber neckers Exactly. The bunch of people. There's a cop. He's telling them, hey, at the, the. People are asking questions. I'm like, fuck. I got this thing. And I see the cop kind of move over to talk to some other people. And I'm like, fuck it.
0: You got a gun. Go. And
2: I walk right. I grab my thing. I walk right up to the, because they don't want anybody leaving the scene. Nobody's driving off from the scene. Nobody's coming into that parking lot. Right. 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 And secure a secure perimeter. Right.
0: Wait a second. So let me ask you, but I'm trying to get to the strategy of this. So when you see the opportunity, like when the cop moves to look in a different direction to talk to other people, do you move fa- How fast do
2: you move? I move kind of fast, but I don't run. Right. And I walk up with, like, the sweatshirt kind of like I'm holding it. Like, it's just a sweatshirt balled up. Right. Like, like you're, like you're
0: it's just part of, like, whatever you're doing. Yeah. You got to have know, that look on your right. face. Right. You know how you got to do it. You know, I walk
2: <laughs> over and I look at my friend and I hand it to his son. Man. Yeah. Get out of here. And they just looked at me and got out of there. Right. And nobody knew really any different. And then I right away walk back over to the car, and right? Pretty there, pretty soon there. I'm told, hey, this this car, and they're like this cops over standing by my car, and he's like, you know, your bar- car was struck by by gunfire because it was struck by with a round. And I'm like, yeah, but where? And he's like, well, it looks like it went in right here. And he shows me, bro, and it was the license right where the license plate is a forty. Now we don't know at the time. I know it's a big what, round. What kind of car is this? A little Mazda three two three. Okay. Okay. Right by the license plate, there's a hole, and I'm a, I'm talking about a hole. You can see through the hole into the car. Right. So we know automatically. I'm like saying to myself, man, it's a big velocity bullet. It knocked my hat off my head. Just the fucking it hitting the car. Just the impact the of the impact. force. So I look and it and I look and I open up the trunk and it's like it goes through there. And where it next passed through was the center, dead center of the back seat of the car. And I'm talking about like pinpoint center. Maybe right. down a little low, but pinpoint center. Right. Crazy thing is I was supposed to have my son with me that day. Ugh. And his baby seat, I'm telling you, when I looked at the hole, it would have gone right through my son's back. Ugh. I mean, straight through. Now, where's the bullet stop? The bullet went in between the front two driver's seats, had to have just missed my arm, and went in through the radio. What I didn't realize was that I had the radio on, and when that gunfire hit my car, that fucking bullet went right through the fucking radio. Shut the fucking radio off. Wow, right. Went right through and lodged in the engine. Wow. Damn. That's where that bullet fucking traveled all that. Went through all that shit, bro. Japanese cars are so small, man. Yeah, bro. It was a fucking 45 round. You could have put that car on a skewer and roasted it. Bro, after I'm telling that. you, the thing went right there. And the chances that it didn't catch my elbow and it was a 45 round. It went right in between, passed right by the two front seats, under and into the radio. That's why they call you lucky, man. Man, dude. So, anyways, I'm like, cool. You got? Guess he's. He says to me, you know, we're gonna have to take this car in. Yeah. I go, okay. Well, let me get my stuff out. Let me get my stuff out. He's like, no, no, and we're gonna have to. uh, We're gonna have to question you. We're we're taking. We're having you. And he points out like a bunch of. We're gonna have to come downtown. I'm like, I got shit to do, man. I didn't see nothing. He's like, no, 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 no. Well, we're gonna have to take you down down to Rampart. Uh, We have. Bunch of questions we're gonna have to take your car we got to all this shit right i'm like man i got places hey hey don't you know this uh 11 year old girl just started man bro within 20 minutes every news station every helicopter that fucking place yeah was taped off take us down to the station Senator's office hey uh sit down hey okay what happened I was driving, heard some gunshots. Hat. Happened, you know, ducked down, heard the gunfire stopped, pulled over to check my car, make sure I wasn't hit, checked the car. Right. But, uh, uh, did you see the girl next to you? Uh, I didn't see it happen, but yeah, you know, she, the, the your little girl obviously was hit. Okay. But, um, All right. All right. Sit down. We're going to grab somewhere, questions and this and that, and just hold on. I made my statement. Right. Then I get pulled into another room again. Hey, tell us what happened. I tell the same story. Dude, I had to tell the same story six or seven times. <laughs> the fuck? You're driving away from Yeah, bro. It was six or seven you're times. You're driving away from then, me. Then me and a lady, they take me and a lady in a car and tell us that they're bringing us to another substation. Listen to this. To another substation. And upon that substation, we're going to be released and be able to call a taxi or go. Why are they taking you to another substation? Listen, they do. we get into the car, and as we're driving up, now it's nighttime, bro. So I've already been in the station for like six, seven hours. Jesus. Nice. Nighttime. We pull up on a street, bro. And you know what they do? What? They have the the lights on a couple different guys and they have me and a woman in the back seat right there and they're like they pull up dude and they shine the light in these guys faces and ask us if we can identify these guys now i've already made a signed statement i've seen i don't know anything i don't know who what right i heard the gunshot you're driving in a car away from the bullet facing the other direction they do that i go i wouldn't know who the guy was I don't even know the guy from a Martian. Right. I said, man, come on, man. I need to get get home. Turn around, take us back. We're back at Rampart again. Right. And now, I tell you to the sergeant. I want to speak to the sergeant. The sergeant comes out. I go, hey, man. I signed statement. I told you guys everything I know. I need to go. I want to get the fuck out of there, man. and go home. They have my car. Right. He goes, all right. You'll be out of here soon. I get pulled into another room. This time, they present me with a six pack, bro. Six pack? A six pack picture, not, not pitcher. a beer, oh. Sean. Oh. Six pack. That so it's picture. It's a pictures, picture. Of six right. dudes. Yeah. ID. Huh? I go, hey, bro. I go, officer. I, why would you ask me if I can identify? No, any of these guys look at me. I, who are you talking about, man? I've never seen any of these guys. I don't know any of these guys. I never saw anything. All right. You have to sign that none of those people look familiar. So I sign them. Look familiar. Look that 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 it's nobody. You have to sign that. You right. Make the statement, no. I don't know what you're talking about. Sign. I get sent back in the room and I think that I'm about to be released. And now I get pulled in. By some crash officers into another office.
0: All of a sudden an officer named last name Perez is like, we've got some
2: evidence we want you to they see. They go, they go, listen, they they had pulled my fucking file. And now they're like, damn, you're lucky from Santa Monica. This and that. What were you doing in this area? And now they're like, what well, well, we've got some some how did they ever use the word I mean there were some problems between this neighborhood and you guys and, that. and now they're starting to like question me like what exactly was I doing over there Right, like you were running some kind of thing over there and that was and like I was being shot at right and some weird fucking weird now, now this now the questions that they're asking me are getting a little bit weird bro right And I tell them, hey, man, you know what? I'm not going to answer any more questions. So I want an attorney if you want to talk to me anymore. Right. Or I want you guys to let me go. I don't have anything to do with any of this. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I was driving. This shit happened. My car got hit. You guys have my car? That's all I'm going to say.
0: What were you doing in the Rebel 13 neighborhood?
2: Right. All this stuff, bro. Right. Well, about 15 minutes later, they give me a copy of my paperwork. You can go. The impound shit. I take off. Now, I don't think any more of this shit, bro, and uh, we get the car back maybe two weeks later, get the car back. They'd done whatever they needed to do to it, right? Right. All right. Now, the important part about this story and how this relates back to Rampart is I would catch a case, bro, all right? I fight a third strike, I catch a case, this and that, we go to Supreme Court, this and that, all this shit, and I beat this 25 to life sentence. I take a deal. Right? Okay. I take this deal, and I'm back in the county jail, and I'm waiting to go back upstate to this prison term. And as I'm waiting, what happens is, you wait about a month, maybe, you know, Three weeks, six weeks, somewhere around there, and all of a sudden they duck at you to go back down to L.A. County Jail because the state is going to pick you up from there right. and you hop on the Grey right. Goose. and that, That's when you know you're going. No warning, about three weeks in, three and a half weeks, I get a ducket at, at like two in the morning. I'm going to L.A. County. I'm no. like, great, man. They came quick for me. Right. Go down. I go downtown. We're going to the courthouse in downtown. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing at the courthouse? now i'm getting nervous because i think they've they've collected and they're picking up another case on me there's something yeah. else yeah. that they're going to try and file on me some other crime has popped up that they found prints or something right right they found out some they and found something, out Something, bodies and i'm buried. in this fucking now they put me in this room bro that's like got a little uh this little thing that you can't see into the holding cell which is weird, man, because rooms like that, they don't put normal people in those rooms. That's for like, uh, that's for like rats. witnesses and rats. Yeah. Yes, bro. Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Now there's nobody in there, just me. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? And I'm telling these cops, I wanna speak to a fucking somebody, man. I wanna speak to a, ba- why well, you speak to somebody? I need to share. Somebody needs to come and explain to me why I'm here. They're not telling me anything, dude.
0: Could that fuck you up if somebody just saw you going there? Yeah, bro. Well,
2: absolutely. One hundred percent. Like they don't know what's going on. They just saw man. Big Lux going to the rat room. Absolutely, bro. Uh-oh. Fuck that. Oh, fuck your whole career off. Right. So, you'll be told. You'll be told. These guys are telling me nothing, man. Nothing. Every time I ask one of these cops, the sheriff, somebody needs to know what's going on. I don't know what you guys are doing. I don't know why I'm here. Can I find out? You'll be told. You be told. Hey, ma'am. Bailiff shows up with some kind of fucking public defender motherfucker. And they take me down the hall and I'm like, what's going on? And go, Hey, there was a shooting like a year ago. And such and such, and they start listing it off. Yeah. And they're like, Do you know about this case? And I go, Oh yeah, I I know what you guys are talking about, but I never saw anything. Well, you have a chance to say that in the courtroom. Dude, these dudes brought... Are you listening? I'm listening. I get brought through a hallway. I get brought up to a courtroom. Will they put you on the stand? Brother. Let him tell the story, motherfucker. They bring me in a courtroom. There's like TV cam and there's like cameras, news cameras. room's filled.
0: Right, but like before you get in that courtroom, you're just brought up to the door. You don't know what's on the other side. Nothing.
2: Right. I don't know anything. They didn't prepare you for nothing. Nothing, bro. They didn't tell me shit. Can you, Now think about that. That's crazy. This is <laughs> Rampart. Right. Okay. Bring me up. As soon as they, I, dude, they have me, they come through the door and I see this whole courtroom and I'm standing there. I'm not even standing there for 30 seconds when I hear them call Steve Luciano to the stand. Damn. That's fucking nuts. Okay. Bro, they swear me. Who called? The prosecution?
0: Yeah. They okay, swear me in, bro. The proce- the, <clears throat> who would the prosecution like to call next? Your Honor, we call Mr. Steve Luciano to the stand. I'm gaffled, man. I don't even know what's going You're on. In cuffs? Yeah.
2: It's crazy, will man. Will you raise
0: your right hand? Man, I got fucking handcuffs on. Well, yeah, just yeah, put up yeah, your yeah. pinky yeah. then.
2: Yeah. have yeah, me swear me in. Swear to the whole yeah, yeah. truth. To the whole truth. To the whole truth. Yep, swear to God. Sit, sit down. I'm pissed. I'm like, what the fuck? Now just being in the courtroom ain't even cool. Right. right? That's not even cool. Right. You would have said no. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even have gone in, bro. And
0: yo, man, I saw Steve. Did you see Steve? Yeah, I saw Steve go into the rat room. Mm-hmm. Then they brought him up to a courtroom. He's fucking turned state's evidence. Yeah, bro. Fuck that, dude. Yeah.
2: Bro, they did all this shit on purpose.
0: Yeah, of course.
2: Anyways prosecutor or whatever the fuck asked me hey were you at so-and-so on so-and-so date of such-and-such i go i think so i smoked a lot of pcp that day was <laughs> honest honestly i go smoked a lot of pcp that day shot some dope i think no and then he tries to tell me like were you at this thing out right, we don't and need go, to hear all yeah. that <laughs> He's been assault. unreliable witness. Okay. <laughs> did, you, did you or not da, 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 make a statement or did you saw or, you know, something to the fact of, did you ever make a statement that you saw or could have seen? I go, no, I didn't, Your Honor. I was there. I heard some shots. And I don't remember that day. I just don't remember that day while well. I was high, really high. And, bro, he walks away from the stand, and the other person, I guess the defense, comes up and is like, okay, uh, Mr. so you were there, and you said you were under the influence or something, and again, I repeat, that I go, yeah, I smoked a lot of PCP that uh, day. And, listen, I'd like uh-huh. to say,
0: first of all, I smoked a lot of PCP, I smoked a lot of weed, I had just had cataract
2: surgery. She let me, <laughs> I had she let me say everything. She let me say it. The other dude cut me off. She let me say and you said that day, uh whatever. And what happened? Well I I had remember, ear
0: infection I couldn't hear anything. Right.
2: Yeah, I don't remember I didn't see anything. And <laughs> hey, bro. She's like she's like, Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you for very much, Mr. Giano. And right away, bro, they take me right out of there. We got rid of my ass real yeah. quick, bro, right? Damn. Right. <laughs> and uh I remember. Was coming there a jury of- on that? Yeah, there was, it was a full, dude, it was a fucking, it was like a, it was a real trial, bro. They had a defendant sitting right up front. I didn't even look at this motherfucker. Right. It was just, it was Because I can tell you right
0: now from a, from the legal perspective, like from an attorney trying to convince jurors that a guy's guilty, it don't look good if you bring in a witness and he's like, I was high. I don't court- know. I didn't hear anything, and then they just hurry up and usher you out. That looks like to the jurors, or you're trying to manufacture a case. You ain't got shit.
2: Yeah, bro. And so I just didn't know they could bring you into a courtroom without telling you anything, bro. Oh. Nothing. Is These that- motherfuckers didn't say Can anything.
0: They do that? uh, that's shit. a good question. I think I think that they have to let you know. And I almost think. <sighs> That you should be afforded an opportunity to converse with some kind of legal counsel before you say some shit under oath. Right. Before you say some shit under oath. Because who's going to object on your behalf? What if you went in there, Listen, dude, what if they did that and for whatever reason you had like schizophrenia or some kind of Tourette's or whatever? Who knows? Something, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So you go in there and then all of a sudden you say some shit that you didn't intend to say. Or you get mad at the prosecutor and it comes off bad, or whatever. You could have got real fucked up from that. And they, there should have been, you should have had an opportunity to even talk to a public defender. And the public defender said, like, you're going to go on the stand. And they want to ask you some questions. It could have implicated you. You could have been, you could. And, and who was going to object on your behalf?
2: I don't know, man.
0: Who's going to stand up and say, Your Honor, I
2: object? It was bullshit. I'd never seen anything like this done. I'd never even seen anything like this or heard (laughs) of anything this being done. Yeah, what was done to me?
0: That was fucked up.
2: But what I will say is this is the rampart in its peak, bro. This is 97 when the thing went down or 96 when it went down and 97 when I'm coming up to the state about a year later. But this was I'm telling you, bro. This was that scandalous rampart shit, bro. That I would even, there's no way that I should have even been pulled in there. The other thing that doesn't make sense to me is, wouldn't you think that with a corrupt uh, police department, they would have pulled me aside and said, hey, you've got this prison sentence, we can make it easier on you. If you you know what I'm saying, if you w- know something about this, right? I mean, y- you would think that they would have tried to, because I, you know, I'm saying I wouldn't. Nothing was going to come out of my mouth because I didn't see anything. I don't know anything. But I'm saying you would think that the motherfuckers would have at least tried to use some fucking Vaseline before they try to fuck me, right? Right. right. Like, right. hey, man, you know, you're looking at this term. We can make this thing go away or uh, lower your sentence. If you know but even that didn't happen it was just the weirdest fucking thing man so mm-hmm. that was rampart and you know not long after that um did the whole thing come down and i just remember bro that was some shady shit they tried to pull me into because they were trying to figure out how they were going to convict whoever they were going to convict or what they had i don't know but it's crazy bro
0: oh no this is fucking bad
2: yep it was bad wow dude that's fucking crazy yeah Nuts. um
0: the other thing is, is so like I was saying, like uh, when you, like you I search Reddit for Rampart, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to find information and like weirdly there's nothing on it. But you know what was on on Reddit regarding Rampart? There's, and a lot of people already know about this, but so Woody Harrelson was in a movie called Rampart. Mm-hmm. Okay? okay. I ain't even seen it because, you know, I, li- I like Woody Harrelson a lot, but I'm tired of ball-headed, intense Woody. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. I don't, I don't need to see all that. This guy, Woody, goes on, and now he's famous for having the biggest, most epic, hugest AMA fail on Reddit. Really? Yeah. And AMA is mean? Ask, ask, me, ask anything. me Anything. So sometimes what people would do, Obama did and Ask Me Anything, right? Yeah. Uh, celebrities will go on and ask me anything Reddit, right? And they might limit it like, okay, I'm going to be here for like four hours, ask me anything. Okay. And so this gives everyone on Reddit, who, by the way, has read every conspiracy thing, chased every rabbit, you know, all that shit, right? And, and a lot of them are real intelligent. I mean, you can tell by the comments that, you know, a lot of them are also like professionals who are hiding under the name of like, you know, dope swallower 91. Right, right right, all right, right. But they get a chance to like ask you anything. Okay. Okay. So, Woody Harrelson's doing Rampart, and the PR shitface, or whoever the goose egged, fucking flubble bellied son of a bitch is that's running his public relations, was like, hey, Woody, like as if it was another press junket. Like, okay, right. we're gonna do fucking E Entertainment over here, we're gonna do ABC over here, we're gonna do fucking TMZ, and Reddick. And then we're going to do Reddit, Ask Me Anything, interview about the show, about Rampart. You could really get it out there because, you know, blah, 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 young kids, blah, 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 digital, blah, blah, blah. Right. (laughs) So Woody goes in there. What he doesn't understand, though, and what the publicist never told him, was that on AMA, it's called Ask Me Anything because it's about ask you anything.
2: (laughs) Not just about Rampart.
0: No, they don't give a shit. Reddit doesn't give a shit about Rampart. Gotcha. Part of the whole thing of Reddit is people are fucking sick of these fucking controlled press junkets where people jerk each other off and nothing gets learned.
2: Gotcha. Right?
0: Reddit's the kind of way it's where they'll chase. Anyway. So, so he gets on there, right? And he has no idea. And he's trying to keep it to Rampart. And then somebody gets on. And so it's like, so let me just read you. So, uh. As part of the press junket for the upcoming Rampart, Harrelson participates, right, and asks me anything. Almost immediately, he's on it for like two seconds, one user asked Woody Harrelson about a time he supposedly crashed a high school prom and slept with a female student. And this is what the guy wrote. I swear this is a true story. I went to a high school in L.A., and you, Mr. Harrelson, crashed our prom after party You ended up taking the virginity of a girl named Rosanna. You didn't call her afterwards. She cried a lot. Do you remember (laughs) any of this? And can you confirm or have you been so neap in Hollywood pooty for so long that this this qualifies as a mere blip? (laughs) 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 That's like the second question. The first one is about veganism. And he's like, yeah, I'm vegan. I like the extra energy. The next one is, you fucking uh, slept. Did you fuck (laughs) Did you fucking underage Damn. chick? Did you fucking underage chick take a virginity and she cried? Right. And uh, he denied the allegation, but then things just kept getting worse from there because he kept trying to get it back to Rampart and he kept trying to like, he did his responses. He, like people on Reddit were starting to like understand like he was real uncomfortable and you know how it is sometimes when yeah. you smell. I smell blood. Right, the sharks yeah. come out. right? going for it. Right. And then he just left the conversation. And then they just went on a massive like. Tear? 1300 like you know and they started making memes like they put the like the the (laughs) you know the memes of woody harrelson with the scumbag fucking (sighs) gucci hat like all that shit dude so good and um so i really i highly recommend because it's very entertaining to read the comments from the epic woody harrelson rampart ama fail yeah because it's it's some of the comments in there are so funny
2: another conspiracy now, if there's a fail, a fail, is there a pass? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Oh, so you can get pass or fail?
0: No, 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 no. no. They, don't, like, they they won't grade you, but if you come on and you're like, if you're like normal, like, or if you're just approachable or you're open or you're being straightforward and honest, whatever, like, like really making contact, you can answer some things. You can even get funny. Or whatever and then the redditors won't turn on you and be like what the fuck you showed up to do a junket somebody gave you some shit now you're all butt hurt and you left what are you a wimp you got any balls like obama did one and i think he was pretty pretty straightforward up front so you you can but it's called an epic fail because it just blew up in his face right i mean this is uh <laughs> you know the th- you know, then then people started asking. You know, Woody, like, have you ever heard of Reddit before today? Like, do you know what this is? Like, have you ever been here before? Do you right, know what's going right, on? Right, right, right. It's fucking hilarious. So, anyway, that was an interesting, that was an interesting little side note that's related to the rampart. Let me ask you
2: something, Juman. Go ahead. What? Okay, so new news has popped up recently about Rampart.
0: Yeah, there was some mentions of they're still planting evidence and they're still killing people. <laughs> like, in terms, they don't call, it's not called Crash anymore and it's not called Rampart, but a lot of the same police tactics and things are still going on. It hasn't ended. Right. And, you know, that, and so in one of the discussions, somebody brought it up, uh, you know, like, the ghosts of Rampart have returned.
2: They never left.
0: They never left. And they and they probably were there before Rampart actually started.
2: And, you know, the other thing is, is I think that Rampart's a good way for them to quickly take the focus off of LAPD in general. We just throw it over on Rampart. It's Rampart. It's Rampart. But- right. It doesn't have the same name. It doesn't have the
0: same. It's not LAPD. It's Rampart Crash.
2: Yeah, man. It's like, come on, man. It's almost
0: as if like someone high 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 up in the CIA was like, look, in the yeah. age of the internet and in the age of the information starts building in the age where it's getting harder and harder to run like weird scams, what you need to have is you need to have a truth pocket. You got to have a scapegoat that you've controlled and right. you've put together right. ahead of time so that you can dump all the trash in
2: it. Yeah. That I I agree 1000% with you.
0: Right. So anyway, um, I think this is a good place to, like, end it for now. We're going to have Rampart 3, I think, because we haven't even gotten that far. We'll have to discuss it later, but um, we caught you up on some things. You heard Steve's Rampart story, uh, and
2: uh, what do we know? What do you? What is
0: it that you say at the end of these things, Steve?
2: I'd, say, I'd like to say, well, thank you for joining us this lovely afternoon. For now, we are out. We're going to say Adios from the Hard Love Show, from the Hard Love Show, from the Hard Love Show.